Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter one. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, just raise your hand and we'd love to come bring you one that you can either borrow or keep. We're serious about the keeping part. You can keep it. Or you can go to the version or the Bible app. And if you, you click on events in the more tab, all of the notes actually are going to be available for you to kind of follow along as you go. If you're watching online, we are so glad you're here. I love that you're watching and I love that you guys are here with us as we're continuing in this series even if. And I talked about this a little bit last week, but I think it's going to be so cool. We'd love for you in this series to kind of chew on this scripture with us. And so if you haven't already, if you don't get our Monday encouragements, can you do me a favor and text life giving to 97,000? Because what we'd like to do is we'd like to start giving you um, the scripture I'm going to use today and like three questions that you can use to maybe discuss this even more with family members, friends, co-workers. I'll even help you like with a great transition. Like you could be like, you know, hey, speaking of love, you know what I love? The book of Philippians. And you just go right into it after that, you know, because like Packers, Jesus, it just, just goes together. So, uh, and, and like Pastor Sonny said, you know, I, this series is very personal to me because I love the book of Philippians. I love how Philippians has really helped me when it comes to my calling because there have been times in my calling where I've struggled and I, I didn't think I had what it took and I've wanted to give up. And in fact, my wife Shelby has been very helpful when it comes to getting into the book of Philippians, which is our wedding. I mean, our, our marriage is, is crazy altogether if you think about it. I mean, you don't think about it. I think about it. But we've been together 15 years. And can I be honest with you? I never thought I would be so blessed with my wife because before my wife, I had all of these particulars all of these standards that I told God I want. And, and it just resulted to kind of bad relationship after bad relationship. And I finally got to the point where I was like, God, you know what? I surrender all to you. Like I have no more particulars. I have no more set of regulations. I just want you to bring me a woman who loves you and has the same calling to me. And then he gave me Shelby, which is crazy because I've known Shelby since I was 15. But here's what makes that story funny. And I, it just shows that God has a sense of humor. Two things that I put on uh, God before that whole surrender was I didn't want someone who was older than me and I didn't want someone who's too short. <laughs> now, now, some of you guys are like, I knew one of those facts. I didn't know the other one. And why do I bring that up? Because I know my wife like comes to hear on me except when she's irritated. Then for some reason, like we see eye to eye. I'm like, I don't know what happens. And I'm gonna be honest, you know, there was a time I was just struggling. I was struggling in full-time ministry for the first time and, and it was just hard. And, I'm, and, and when I struggle, I, I whine, I vent. 
I, I'm very real and honest, and I'm just wanting her. Like, I don't know what, I think we should just go home. And, you know, I probably sounded just like that. Like, what are we even doing? And I remember she just, she was fed up. And I remember she got real close to me. She's like, you need to stop complaining, get along with God, and find a scripture that's going to carry you through this. And I was like, all right. Like, you don't have to say, like, like there's a part of me that want to look at her and like, you know, I could take you, right? Like, <laughs> but I didn't. I got along with God and I found a scripture and I found a scripture in Philippians. And every time I would go to Jesus with struggles after that, I just found myself coming back to the book of Philippians. And so I'm excited that we're diving into this book and because it's a book, honestly, it's helped me continue my calling and I hope it's gonna help you in your daily life too. So with that being said, let's go to Philippians chapter one. I'm gonna start reading in verse 18, which says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as Christ will always be exalted in my body, whether life or by death. For to me, live, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. I'll continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on my account. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved and that by God. Verse 29 says, for it has been granted to you on the behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had, and now you hear, I still have. The title of my message this morning is called, Even If I Don't Know. Can we pray? Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word in such a powerful and uplifting way. And I pray, Lord, Lord, that we would be so focused on what you have for us. Lord, that I pray right now, even when people heard that I don't know, Lord, they were no longer discouraged, but Lord, they are ready and willing to hear what your word says. So be with, Lord, me as I speak. I pray that people would be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I have a confession to make. I know it's going to be a shocker, but I, I don't know everything. I know, you look at this face and you're like, oh, but I just don't. There's a lot of things in this world that I just didn't know about. Like, I didn't know it was easier to peel a banana from the bottom than the top. Like, for years I struggled, and then I watch a video of a monkey do it, and I go, are you kidding me? He did it with one hand. One hand, and he got it. I didn't know. I didn't know high heels were originally invented for men who ride horses. Like, all of a sudden, a woman goes, that looks actually pretty great. I don't ride horses, but I think I would want to do that on a daily basis. Like, like it started with men. I didn't know that you can't hum while pinching your nose. I, I've seen some of you guys trying it. You're like, ah, oh, don't do it too much. You'll feel like you're choking. It's very weird. 
Also, I didn't know that if you have a funny video to show your spouse that you found on social media, that you don't have to run and find her to show her, but there's a button that you can press and you can send it to her. Because before that, every time I found a funny video, I was like, babe, 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 look, 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 this guy asked Kevin Hart if his dog bites and he said, not me. Why are you laughing? Like it happened all the time, but then, once I started sending it and she was able to actually watch it when she could focus on it, nine out of 10 times, she laughed. She thought it was funny. I also didn't know that it's okay not to know. Even it's okay not to know everything in the field you're in. And some of you guys have found that out because some of you guys came to me and you assumed I knew the entire Bible. Like from beginning to end, that I had all the answers to Jesus. And when you came to me and you asked a question and I went, I don't know. You're like, what? Well, what do we have you for? Like, like some of you guys were like, what? what? I, I mean, I'll go research and I'll find out. But some of you guys found out when you're like, hey, so why is this in the Bible? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll find out, but I just don't know. But it's okay not to know everything. In fact, it's powerful not to know everything. Because it actually will cause us to ask questions. It will cause us to share information when we do find out things. And it will cause us to build trust with others. And we see in this section of Philippians that Paul is at a crossroads. Not only does he not know what his future looks like, but he doesn't know if he wants to keep on going. In verse 23 it says, I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And like Pastor said last week, Paul was put into prison in Rome for preaching the gospel. And as he's writing Philippians, he's actually awaiting trial to see if he'll be released or executed. And like Paul, there's a lot of us where we're in a situation, we're in this period, we just don't know what's going to happen next. And we're just waiting not knowing what to do, what's going to happen. And I don't know if you're like me, but there's been times when I don't know that sometimes I stop and I assume. And a lot of times I assume the worst. It's not gonna get here in time. It's just gonna fail. It's gonna break. It's not gonna work. Might as well give up. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen next? What's the diagnosis? What's the report? What are the results? And then in that Confusion, we see in verse 25 where Paul flips the perspective when he says, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with you for the progress, progress and joy in the faith. See, this is Paul telling us that he will continue even though he doesn't know. Essentially, Paul is saying, When I don't know, I go. He doesn't stop, he doesn't stay. He says, when I don't know, I go. But what got Paul to this point? What got Paul to the point where even when he doesn't understand things, he's still walking. Even though his fate isn't written, his faith remains. I believe in verse 19, we see that. We actually are shown, I believe, a pattern that Paul has that helps him when he's confused, when he's unsure, when he doesn't know what's gonna happen next. And so if you're taking notes, there are three things that just popped out to me that I think could help when we don't know we should go to. So if you take notes, here's number one. When I don't know, I go to prayer. He says, I know through your prayers. 
See, Paul believed in the power of prayer. And you can see it in his books that he's written where he's constantly asking for prayer and thanking them for their prayers. He believes in the power of prayer and in all things he wants to go to God. Not only does Paul believe in the power of prayer, but Jesus believes in the power of prayer. We see in Luke chapter 18 where Jesus gives us parable of this widow who goes to judge over and over and over again, demanding justice after her. And then the scripture says, she finally gets to the point, the judge just goes, fine, you can have it. And Jesus used that parable to display in Luke 18, one, it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show they should always pray and never give up. So he uses a parable to tell them, Always pray, even when you're confused, even when you don't know. Always go to God. Never give up. And God wants us to go to him in prayer. He wants to hear our doubts. He wants to hear our confusions. He wants us to come to him even when we don't know. First Peter 5, 7 says it. Give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares for you. I don't know about you, but when I doubt, I worry. I, I get nervous. I go, well, what's going to happen next? And I get, I get scared and I assume the worst. And God's saying, don't hold on to that worry. Give me that worry. And we give him that worry and we give him that care in prayer. Even though I don't know, I go to you in prayer and say, take this. Take this so I can continue going with you. So even when I don't know, we should go to God in prayer in all things, not some things, but all things. Here's number two. When we don't know, we go to authority. It says, and the help given by the spirit of Jesus Christ. See, the biblical definition of the word authority is understood and used to describe the power or ability to do something given by, conferred upon, or derived from a higher authority. It's the warrant, the right the power or the ability to do something. So essentially, when you go to authority, what you need to do is you need to surrender to the help of those in authority. And Paul shows it that we should go to the authority of the Holy Spirit, that we should welcome the Holy Spirit to come and do what it needs to do in our lives, that being obedient to the authority of the Holy Spirit is giving us access to what the Holy Spirit is. We see in scripture the Holy Spirit is a counselor, a helper, a guide, a teacher, and so much more. So when we don't know, we, we should go to the spirit that Jesus tells us. No, no, you need to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. It needs to be something that helps you, that wants to guide you, that wants to give you strength, who wants to give you wisdom, that even when you don't know, you will continue walking and going because he wants to help you in that. But beyond the authority of the Holy Spirit, God also wants us to go to Christian leaders, those who are in authority, those who are obedient to Jesus and also obedient to the Holy Spirit. That those people who may just be a little further on their Jesus journey than you, that maybe they've gone through what you're going through right now. Maybe they had someone help them and they want to help you. That they don't want to tell you, but they want to say, this is what helped me. This is what I did. This is what another person told me. And we see it in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. For their work is to watch over your souls. And they are accountable to God. See, this is so important to read that because sometimes we're afraid to go to leaders because we've been hurt in the past. 
We go, yeah, I, I did go to a leader once and they were controlling and they were bossy. But here's what I'm telling you. God's saying, go to them. And if they treat you wrong or do anything wrong, they got to answer to me. That even though you may have been hurt, they'll have to deal with me. So I want you to go to someone. And here's how you know that, that people understand that scripture. Because they'll tell you if it's their opinion. But a lot of times they want to go to the word. Like I can tell you, if you came to me, I'd want to give you what God says. Because what God says is better than what I could say. I mean, you guys found out. I don't know everything. Even though I look like I do. I don't. So that's why I go to God in all things. And leaders should be doing that. And you might be asking, well, where do I, where do I find these leaders? I'm so glad you asked. That's why we do things beyond Sunday. Like we do things like life groups and serving. And you can surround yourself with leaders. And sometimes you don't even have to go to them. They'll just say a word that God spoke over them. And they're like, how'd you know I needed that? How do I know this? Because it's happened. I've been a part of a devotional where I start crying. They're like, whoa, is it deep? I'm like, no, I just really need to hear that. I just, it's like God talked to you. Like I, I've had those moments. And that's why we need to position ourselves to be around leaders. And so serving is, it can do that. Because we don't just put random people in these places and like, hey, can you figure it out? Uh-huh, I think so. No, like we're very deliberate and diligent on who we put in places. And we are people who they know they have to hear from God, that they're accountable to God. And so they're people who are going to uh, pray and they're going to uh, research and study. And all the things that Paul did, they're walking in that too. So God's saying, don't be afraid to go to those in authority who want to help you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Essentially what God's saying is we got to stay teachable. Can I learn from others? Can I learn from people that maybe physically they're younger than me, but spiritually they're a little older? Can I learn from someone who's been doing it just a little longer than me? Can I be teachable enough? Because if we're not teachable, we're spiritually terminal. If we can't stay teachable, we'll turn our back and go. And God does not want that for you. He wants you to surround yourself with people who can help you grow. So when you don't know, we can go to people who may know. Or we can go to people who know who to go to. Here's number three. When we don't know, we go to the word. He says in verse 19, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Let me ask you, has anyone had a today years old moment like this week? Like anyone have a moment like that? I know some of you might be confused. Let me explain what that means. Today years old means that there's been something in your life that you've had or you've seen or you've heard or said, and then you found out the like true meaning or something you didn't know. And you were today years old when you found out about that. Let me give you an example. Like the word breakfast. Like I just found out that the word breakfast is the meal you eat after you break a fast. I know, some of you guys found out too. Like what fast are you talking about? When you sleep, you're fasting from food from six to eight hours. So that meal is breaking the fast breakfast. <laughs> break a leg. Break a leg actually is coined when someone would go for an audition and it was the other person's way of saying, I hope you join the cast. Get it? Break a leg, cast. 
I didn't say this first service. I actually found out hold your horses means to stay stable. Horse stable. See? How about this? I found out. Some of you guys are here for service. I found out that if you twist this off and you put it in here, that's supposed to be a stopper. So I'm going to, I mean, I saw it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've actually done this five times. It's only worked half the time, but I have like 11 minutes. So we're going to figure this out. But they say that if you put, hold on, you put it in. I saw, hold on. Let me take a little bit. It's not as good as I remembered. So, uh, yeah, I got time. Just, we're going to make this work. We're going to make, you are going to, you, I, why are you doing this now while people are, okay, ah. Now, supposedly, if I flip it over, it's like a stopper. Okay. It worked a lot better than it, you should have saw first service. There was like a big puddle, okay? So, supposedly, okay, maybe that's like what they say is like a cap, Right? I'm looking at little, I'm looking at like teenagers right now. Is that not cool anymore? Okay, cool. Move on. I got it. So that was a, it did work. I promise. I practiced it. Uh, actually, it kind of did what it did there. That's so anyways. But here's what I also found out. I was today years old when I found out that Paul in verse 19, when he says, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He's actually quoting scripture. And I found this out because I went in my Bible and you go to the Bible, and sometimes, you know, this is a study Bible. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a big Bible. Like, I could, I could really knock out someone with this if I needed to. Like, just, anyways. But uh, as I look at the scripture, there's like a letter right next to it. I've always looked over that letter, but then one day I was like, what does that letter mean? And it was the Bible's way of saying, hey, do some research. You'll find out that he's quoting scripture. It's from Job 13, 16, where it says, indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. For no godless person would dare come before him. Now, why is that important? Why is it important that Paul is quoting scripture? Because we're not just called to read the word, but to speak the word over our life, over our doubts, over our confusion. Mark Batterson said it, that scripture is our script cure. Meaning it's the cure of what we speak over our lives. He's saying that we got to do more than just speak good things and positive things. But God's saying, I want you to speak my word over your life. He wants you not just to read the Bible, but to study the Bible, to apply the Bible, and to speak out the Bible. I mean, imagine what would happen if our doubts and confusions, what would happen to those things if we spoke God's word over it? Because you have to remember what Hebrews 4.12 says. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any sharpened two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inner thoughts and desires. This is more than a novel. This is more than just something you should get done in a year. This is an application. This is, a, this is something that's alive and active and wants to go beyond the surface of our lives. God wants us to do more than just read it. He wants us to do more than just go through it. He wants us to do what Pastor Barry taught me, that every time we go through scripture, we should ask ourselves two questions. One, 
What is God saying to me in this verse? And two, how can I apply it to my life? See, we're not supposed to just get it done. We're supposed to get to a place where we can go through and study and write and highlight and go, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me in this? Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you want and how can I apply this to my life, to my day, to my eight-hour workday, to, with my kids, with my wife, with my neighbors. How can I make this scripture work in my life? Because when I don't know, I go to God's word. I go to the truth and the power and I lay, I lay God's truth and power over my doubts and my confusion. I want to close with this. Verse 27 in Philippians chapter one, it says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. You know what makes this verse so great to me? Is Paul still doesn't know what's gonna happen. We don't find out in verse 26, he's like, hey, I got the results. We're all good, they're not gonna kill me, they're gonna let me out in three days. Like, it, we don't find that out in verse 26. He's still in doubt. He's still not sure, but he's moving forward. Why do we know that? Because he says, whatever happens. So if I get let go, we're going forward. If I get executed, we're going forward. He's saying we can't stop when bad things are happening. We can't quit when things are confusing. We can't give up when we don't see things going the way we thought they would. That whatever happens to me, I'm gonna conduct myself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So no matter what happens, I know I'm gonna stand firm in one faith, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That one spirit. This is why I love coming together at least once a week so that we can be on the same page, that we can be of one accord, that we can unite together, that you can find out that you're not alone in your struggles, that our people probably sitting right next to you know exactly what you're going through, and they say, I wanna help you. This is what helped me. I wanna pray with you. I wanna believe over you. I wanna speak God's word over you and see you go from where you are to where God wants to be. God doesn't want you to stop. He wants you to go through this. And I know it's gonna be tough, and I know it's gonna be hard, and you're, wanna, you're gonna wanna quit, and you're gonna wanna give up, and you're gonna say, why do I even believe in this stuff? And God's saying, don't. Have the faith that whatever happens, I'm going through. Even if I don't know, I'm gonna go. This is what takes us from even if to even if. Even if I'm still confused, I'm going. Even if I don't know, I'm gonna pray, which is continual and honestly. And I believe when we have that mindset, what we'll do is we'll take our prayer life from requests to conversations, that you'll talk to God even when things are going great. That God is not just a hotline, but he's someone that you're constantly going to. Even if I don't know, I'm gonna go to authority. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit and Christian leaders speak into my life. I'm gonna position myself to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. And I'm gonna position myself with people in my life who wanna help me from where I am, who wanna help me in my struggles, who aren't afraid, who are not intimidated, that they're not gonna see your testimony and be afraid of it. 
But for most of them, they're gonna be going, me too. And this is what God did. Yeah, me too. But guess what God did because of that? That we are positioning ourselves saying, I'm not gonna try to do this Christian thing solo. That I need to surround myself and welcome the right people into my lives. Even if I don't know, I'm going to the word. And I'm gonna go from reading and completing to knowing and applying. And when I do that, I'm prepping myself to allow God's word to be spoken over every situation. Even if I don't know, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna quit. Even when I don't know, I'm gonna go. Can I pray for you? So Pastor Sean says this every week and it's so true when it comes to the reality of salvation. That salvation is confess and profess. Meaning that I need to get to a point where I need to confess that I'm not perfect. That I've done a lot of good things, but it just still hasn't measured up to the standard that God has. But I need to also profess that even though I didn't measure up, Jesus did. And he did the ultimate thing to put me in right standing with God. And that's he sacrificed his life for me. So with everyone's head bowed, eyes closed, if you're in here and you're saying, you know what, I've never done that. I believe in Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I actually have never made him my Lord and my Savior. Lord meaning I've never given him full control. I've been still trying to do things my way, but, but maybe you're getting to a point where you say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. That everything I do, I want to give it to you. Every step I take, I want it to be your step. And Savior meaning I'm not perfect. I've missed the mark. But I, I want you to be the Savior and save me from all my sins, past, present, present, and future. If that's you, we're going to do two things in a moment. I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and look at me. And then as a church together, we're just going to say a simple prayer. A prayer professing and confessing. If that's you, you want to do that for the very first time or maybe the first time in a long time. Can I just have you raise your hand and look at me real quick? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Church, can we say this prayer together? And I don't want you to say it, but I want you to stop and go, God, this is not just empty words. These are words I'm saying from the heart. Say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life, all of it, to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, Pastor Barry's gonna come up a moment. He's gonna help you on walking in your Jesus journey from where you are to where God wants you to be. But can I have you bow your heads real quick and just pray with you one more time before I go? Maybe here and you're saying, Dallas, I am a Jesus person, but when the unknown happens, when I'm in doubt, I stop, I panic, I worry, but I don't wanna do that. I wanna go to God in prayer to authority, to the word. If that's you and you, you, you wanna start walking in that, can I just have you raise your hand real quick so I can pray with you? So Lord, I thank you for all these hands. 
These, these people who are no longer going to allow worry to win. They're no longer gonna allow doubts to defeat them. But Lord, they're gonna start walking in you, Lord, that they're gonna consistently go to you for all things. They're gonna consistently surrender all things to you. And I pray that they would surround themselves with people who want them to grow in their Jesus journey, that wanna help them and challenge them and, and, and uh, remind them. And I also pray that there's this word, this book would be more than just something they carry, more than something they would read every once in a while, but it'd be something they apply to their lives on a daily basis. I pray, Jesus, that you'd start to birth new testimonies in people's lives where people are gonna say, you know, I didn't know, but I didn't stop going to God. And he did amazing things because of it. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew On That. The Chew On That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh.